Hey, before we dive in, I just want to talk to you about something. You know, I recently hired an intern, which, you know, huge power trip. But I got to tell you, it was a pain in the butt to find this person. I had to talk with a couple different schools. I had to fill out a whole bunch of applications. I had to go through a ton of candidates to find someone who I thought was really great. And by the way, shout out to Kaylee Raglan, who's been absolutely crushing it for me. She's doing an unbelievable job. But, you know, it took a lot of time to find her. And what I should have done is I should have just gone to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. So you got to do this. You got to go to ZipRecruiter.com. And I'm, I'm going to give you a little tip because it's going to make me look good here. Go to www.ZipRecruiter.com slash Zach. That's my name, Z-A-K. Make sure you spell it correctly and check it out. If you need to hire someone, if you're looking to bring someone on board, don't waste time doing the usual recruiting nonsense Go to ZipRecruiter.com and get the job done there. Okay, I'm done talking. I've talked way too long. Let's go. Here we go. Let's dive in. The Zach Kuhn Show. And I'm proud to be in America. Okay, I'm going to let him do it. Episode 44, Lee Greenwood, the man himself, an American icon, a patriot. I mean, what a legend. Recorded on December 7th, the day he announced this amazing new event, an all-star salute to Lee Greenwood. This lineup is nuts. Big and Rich, Dirks Bentley, Dustin Lynch. Check this lineup out. October 12th, 2021, Lee Greenwood celebrates his iconic career at the Vaughn Braun Center. Absolutely killer. I mean, this is this is as good as it gets. If this is is if this is an incredible podcasting year, I don't know what is. I got Lee Greenwood about to be coming at you. So here we go. I'm done talking. Let's let's dive in. Here we go. Still with me, Lee? Yep, gotcha. Hey, how are you? Happy Monday. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I'm still looking forward to Monday night football, but not much else. That's um, it. That's it. I mean, you know, yeah. our, our life is upside down and, and uh, we're trying our best to be positive about everything around us. And uh, hence, you know, I just got, I just pulled in the driveway from uh, going the, over the gas station and where I go all the time in our neighborhood. And, you know, they were like, hey, Lee, how are you doing? I said, I'm good, you know. Wait, business is a little bit off. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. That's the, uh, yeah, and, and the days blend together. It's Monday, but it might as well be Thursday or Saturday, or it's all, uh, it's, it's all the same at this point. Well, that's why I watch football. That's the only way I can figure a difference. That's the, uh, that, that's the uh, time marker of the week. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious because I, a, maybe a couple months ago, I'm trying to remember when this video came out of you performing God Bless the USA with Home Free, the acapella country band. And I was watching this video and I went, oh my God. Lee, Lee, Lee Greenwood's voice is still incredible. Like it, it's it's amazing. And I'm curious, do you is is it has your voice naturally just kind of stayed well, or something that you've worked at, or have you tried to keep it in tip top shape? Like what does it look like to keep your voice in such high action? You know, I told my wife if I don't sing for three months, I'm probably done. 
And, and to tell you the truth, that's what happened to artists like Whitney Houston and Elvis. You know, their their work back. Of course, they they were also uh, affected by drugs. But um, I I work all the time. Well, I did until this year. Um, so it's it's been difficult, you know, to to make sure I just go rehearse or get with the band or get the studio. Um, I don't like playing by myself. I don't like rehearsing. I I just don't. I I hated that. I went professional when I was 14. I worked in nightclubs, and then when I went to Nevada, I started working in casinos. And for 20 years, I did that. You can't wear me out. I mean, I, I'm better when I keep singing over and over and over and over. Yep. This year, it's been a, it's been a trial. I mean, I I got a kid that's at uh, uh, TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. He's a musical composition major, Chancellor Scholar. And he's uh, home uh, because of it. So we do a lot of work together and, and, uh, and working on music. So that kind of you know, keeps me, gets me interested in, in singing, but I, I can play piano and sax all day long without rehearsing, but you got to rehearse the voice. Did you ever take formal lessons, or do you have, like, a practice routine or regimen with the voice, or, or do you just basically sit down at a piano and start singing? Yeah, none of that. I, I just, you know, I, I go to work, that's all. And I, and I, I learn songs, and I sing on stage and sing hard. Uh, because I, you got to remember, I came up in the era of the Beatles, Elvis, rock and roll, and um, I, I'm old school. So we had amps on on stage that were turned up to ten, and uh, my microphone was a blasting microphone with no ear monitors, and you just sang hard, played hard, and I think that probably had a benefit. Now you hear the raspiness in my voice, however, and when I talk, you'll hear that. When I sing, you don't hear it so much unless I'm working like eight shows a week, like I used to at my theater, or even in Vegas when I worked some of those those casinos, work eight shows a week. But, uh, you know, I, I've just been blessed with good chops. I never had my Thompsons out, and that may be something that was kind of cool. Wow. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm really curious because this was kind of an amazing year or so for, for God Bless the USA, where it was, you know, it was all over the, the Trump election. It was, it was playing on stop. I'm curious when when a campaign wants to play your song, do they reach out to you to say they're going to do it, or do they just start playing it and you go, oh, that's cool? Like, like, is there ever a conversation about when a campaign decides to play your song, or does it just kind of happen and, and you find out later? Um, I've never been asked. So, um, but I've never been offended by anyone, unless they were uh, probably a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, 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 you know, if the president, if President Obama had asked me to sing for him, I would. So you have to know that I'm on the National Endowment Council. I was appointed yep. by President Bush 41, and uh, and so having this, you know, confirmation by the Senate, I'm actually working for the government and any administration, and anybody could have replaced me. Uh, and so consequently, you know. If any head of state would ask me, I'd probably sing for them, regardless of their party. And if, if Trump, in fact, does not get reelected, um, you have to recognize my feeling about that, and that is that I once again turn to the fact that my song, God Bless the USA, or Proud to be American, if you want to call it that, stands for the unity of the country, first, for the military, second, and then thirdly, it stands for an anthem for my family. And uh, and it may be a par- it may be an umbrella in my career as an artist, but it's not a parachute. And uh, I, uh, I I am working this year on a 21 song CD, uh, all original music, 
about seven or eight of them that were recorded before at MCA when I was there, but none of them were hits, with the exception of uh, You Can't Fall in Love When You're Crying, which I, I wrote for Mel Tillis, a love song I wrote for Kenny Rogers, and then uh, my own song, USA. The rest uh, are just album cuts, and so I just put that together with all the rest of the songs I really liked out of my catalog, over 100 songs, and I'm doing 21 songs CD I'm releasing in the spring, which wow. is recorded pretty much all virtual. Holy cow. And now when a song does get played at a presidential campaign, I'm curious if you know, do you basically just get the performance right royalty, or is there any kind of special payment with it? Or it's basically just what it, whatever you get for it playing over the loudspeaker. You mean in public venues? Yeah, when when a campaign decides to kind of make it their 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 song. Well, I don't think anybody's ever made their song before. Um, I I was flattered when the president in my party, my conservative party, decided to use it for his entrance song. And I know, you know, you look at the Make America Great theme. I mean, yep. what a perfect match that was. And Consequently, I got things three different times live to introduce the president, and I did. Uh, that's just a privilege. You know, I mean, I performed at the White House for the Reagan and the Bushes. And so it just it was just kind of a cool thing for me and the family. Now, having said that, neither one of my sons are conservatives. Uh, we got a 25-year-old and a 22-year-old at public college, and they, uh, you know, they don't believe in what I believe in. But they will. They'll come around. <laughs> They'll come around. I love it. So, um, so what was it like recording this new project in quarantine? Like, were you zooming into the studio, or were you into pulling into the recording session, or what was that experience like? For the recordings, uh, my band all has Pro Tools, so they all pass the music around and re-record it in their house. They send it to me. I say yes or no. I don't like this. I don't like that. Uh, play this differently. But my vocals were all done actually in a uh, recording studio with a really good mic. So I, there was hardly any way I could do that in a bathroom or a living room with somebody's, you know, mic and his pro tools. It just it wouldn't come out that well. Um, but uh, I'm pleased so far of what we've got, and we're darn near done with it. So probably in January we'll finish it and release it in the spring. Wow, that's going to be unbelievable. What should I call it? What should we? This is oh man, this is a lot of pressure here. What 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 should we call it? But this 21 is the, uh, original songs, and it was going to be 20 songs for 2020. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, 20 but songs. We didn't get to it. So now I got, I wrote another song. So we got 21 songs for 21. I maybe just call it Greenwood 2021. I don't know. Lee Greenwood, a, a life of patriotism, a life of songs with, uh, this is good. You know, I'll, I'll think about it and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let your team know. Okay. <laughs> Actually, so what? a contest on Tucker's yeah. show. That I said, if anybody would name the album, I'd have them on the show, but I got very little response, which kind of worried me. <laughs> That's the uh, oh man. Well, okay, let's see. I'm I'm feeling the pressure now to come up with a title for this. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this because this story blows my mind about how Irving Azoff was actually kind of responsible for picking God Bless the USA, and you actually went to his house in a limo to basically have a meeting with him. What what is this? Story. How, like, what, what, what happened this night? Where did you hear this story at? I'll put the time frame for you. I wrote USA on my bus in ni- 1983. Um, so probably August, September, right in there. So I had the cassette tape for God Bless USA that I cut at MCA Music in Nashville. And I was invited to do Solid Gold in Los Angeles. Marilyn McCoo 
formerly with the fifth dimension, was the host, the hostess of the show, the host, hostess. And um, so I went out to L.A. It's Halloween night, October 31. Uh, I flew out on the 30th. I go to the studio. We get finished at 8.30 <clears throat> from taping. So I got out in my limo, and I'm like, I've got the red eye at 1.30 in the morning. What do I do for four hours? You know, I, I'm from L.A., but I didn't spend much time there, and I didn't have a lot of connections, a few guys that I knew. But I, I knew that the head of Universal Music, which was the head of my label, MCA, lived in Hollywood somewhere. And uh, I just cut a hair, you know, a wild hair, and I said to the limo driver, where does Irving Azoff live? And he said, next to Barbara Streisand. I said, take me there. <laughs> so we pull up, and it's just dusk, and uh, there was no gates or nothing. I pull up of the of his house, uh, and uh, we, we're at the curb, and there's like maybe 15 yards across his lawn to his front door. He's standing in the front door with his little three children dressed as bumblebees to go out trick-or-treating, and off they go. And he sees the limo, so he figured, well, you know, somebody he knows. Well, I got out of the limo, and I got a bottle of champagne from Marilyn Bacou. We're doing the show. These are the days you could have taken that home. I was going to take it home on the surface. So I walked right up to him, and what do you, what do you think I said? Uh, <laughs> I, have, have I got a single for you, Irving? Oh, come on. It's Halloween night. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> yes, of course. So I pulled the cassette out of my pocket, and I held the hand, champagne in one hand, and the cassette the other is the trick or treat. So what do you think he said? He he'll he'll take a listen. <laughs> he said, "Who in the hell are you? <laughs> Who the hell are you?" <laughs> oh my God! I said, "Well, I'm Lee Greenwood. I'm on your MCA country label." He said, "Oh yeah, well, come on in." He invites me in while his kids are trick or treating. Wow! He said, "What do you got?" I said, "Well, it's a song I wrote." And I said, uh, "Being I'm in the area, I was doing Solid Gold. Uh, I thought to drop by and let you let you hear it." He said, "Okay." Stuck in the cassette player and played it. And um, he said, "Interesting." At this point, there, there's something important that happened. Uh, Jerry Crutchfield, my producer, and I had always chosen songs that we thought would be the best for my career. We're about to release the album, You've Got a Good Love Coming. If you go to YouTube, you can find that video. It was one of the very few I made for CMT. Yeah. And, uh, we were releasing that. We had $25,000, and we filmed it in the London train station. I had Patrick Duffy. Uh, from the Dallas cast, who was a friend of mine, that did the cameo at the beginning. You'll see that when you look at it. It's kind of cool. And um, so we were ready to release that, and we didn't want ever L.A. to make a call, make a call um, for what a, a release schedule should be. But I had a little trouble with Nashville MCA. Um, uh, Bert Strait's manager was one of the A&R guys here at MCA. And all of his records ahead of mine. That pissed me off. Uh, and I really thought there's only one way I'm going to get a leg up on this, and that's I've got to get L.A. behind this record. So Jerry and I agreed. <clears throat> that's why I stopped by Azoff's house. So he said, well, and I didn't tell Azoff that I had already had money in a in a video, nor that I'd chosen a single. He said, when you finish the project, bring it to me. So I went home and talked to Jerry. Jerry said, let's go to L.A. And, and see what they think. So we flew out to L.A. the next week before we had the release on, on You've Got a Good Love Coming, which would have been probably February by then because we'd done the artwork and we'd done some pictures. And, and so um, we played the whole album for him. And uh, he sat there with all his guys from you know, his staff, and they all you know listened politely because they're rock guys. They didn't know I was from L.A. 
And uh, and so Irving, at the end of the meeting, he said, what do you think ought to be the stable? Again, we're at that juncture where I could have made the choice. And because uh, giving the artist, you know, uh, uh, the preference, I'm sure he might have deferred to me. But I looked at Jerry, and we kind of got eye contact, and, and I knew what he meant, and he knew what I meant. So I said, how about you make the choice? Sure enough, he chose God Bless the USA. So there you have it. So if he had chosen something else, who knows what would have happened to that point? I don't think anybody would ever heard God Bless USA. <laughs> but I wow, might have put it on stage anyway. But without having the emphasis of radio, I doubt it would really, really – it's hard to say. You know, once we, once the public was exposed to the song, it was never a, a number one record. It was number 11 in the early days. Now, after 2001, it's crisis support. It went number one on three different genres, you know, rhythm and blues, and, you know, pop, country, Christian, you know, everything. But I, I'm going to blame that on, on 9-11. But, but the popularity sort of organically grew. And I did uh, 14 USO tours, and it um, was always for the soldiers. And um, it became their anthem. I became their their mascot, if you will, their hero. And they're all my heroes, so I was proud to do it. That's amazing. So I so I know we have limited time, and I, and I really want to ask about this event that's coming up, an all-star salute to Lee Greenwood at the Vaughn Bronze Center. First of all, the lineup is amazing. When you when you announce that you're doing this and you're booking acts for it, does everyone basically jump out of the – or does everyone basically jump in to play this to play the set? Like, like, is everyone begging to get on it? Absolutely. I, I have not had a single person say they can't unless they're already booked at something. And that's, we moved it already to October. I've had three different artists, and I could name them for you, uh, that we are not allowed to advertise until February because uh, they have their own tours. They're going to advertise their tours in January. And they're going to do my event, which is October 12, 2021. You probably have a list that they've given you, but they, I don't think on the list Keith Urban, Kid Rock. Um, <clears throat> see, I asked the Gatlins, but the Gatlins are going to be in Ireland. And so if that's on the list, they will not be there. But there's so many. Of course, the home free group, you know, where we did that, that remake of God Bless You, I stayed with Force. Gosh, dang, that was good. 30 million yeah. on that. Those guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And th- this show's going to be incredible, and, and we'll be – by by that point, we'll be back in the room. We'll be playing live, and I think tickets are on sale now. And people, there's actually a VIP package that people can have dinner with you, right? Yes, and before. And and here's an important fact: we start the tickets at twenty five dollars. We don't want to overprice. If you want to get close to the stage, they do get a little pricey, but um, but we want to make sure we fill it up, and we will fill it up. This is a, here's the second thing: it's important. We will never do this show again. <clears throat> this is a tribute to the writers. Uh, that made my career happen. The, the engineers, the studios, the musicians that all played on all my records. And to hear them done again, and, and not by me this time, which is important to have a pairing of the right artist to sing the right song. And I think I'm going to ask Sam Moore, who will be on the show. You know the soul man? Yep. I'm a soul man. How great is that? Oh, God. So, so I have a song that we put on the first album called Beat No Trick. I think wouldn't that be cool to have ain't no trick and to have him sing that in that in that soulful voice. But I've had so many songs, you know, that 
I don't know how many we're going to have, 30, 30 album, 31 albums, and they just kind of pick and choose. Most of the hits, of course, first, the number one songs, 11 of those, and then it was like 30 or so, top 10. And then we got like songs I'll bring from some of the albums just to bring forward because we'll have so many artists. I don't really want to have so many groups of people on stage singing. I'd like to have some solos by some artists I really like and admire. How cool, how cool. Let me ask you this quickly before I let you run. You were listed as one of the artists in the New York Times that had some of their masters blown up in the universe fire in 2008. Do you know what was in there of yours, or, or do, you, do you remember what, what was in that fire? Um, <clears throat> they haven't divulged yet how many of my masters are gone, but there was a bunch. And I've been in touch with the attorney. It's a class action suit against Universal, and a lot of people, I think, will just go ahead and settle, just take a price, because you got to remember this, and that is um, a master recording uh, is actually the seed that's produced. That, that becomes the master. Right. Um, the, the, the original tape, the two-inch tape that we used to in the old days, <clears throat> and whatever it is for a master now, I have, you know, I got gold records hanging on my wall. I guess some of that vinyl is actually a master, but uh, the only reason it would be important is is um is if uh, you want to remix it. So if you wanted to remix it, then that's that's a whole different thing. And is that something? The fact that some of those masters are gone, or who knows what's gone? Did, was that something you were hoping to do one day? Like, is that is that such a tragedy that those are gone, or or, or do you not worry about that too much, or or do those mean a lot to you? It wasn't on my radar. <clears throat> you know, because I'll continue to make new songs, and I have. Oddly enough, I've kept some of the vinyls from every vinyl record that we released. Not all, but almost all. You can find them occasionally in old record stores, eBay or whatever. We sold millions of records. Oddly, they wouldn't be everywhere, but they're gone, so nobody reorders. Um, it was never on my radar to go in and remix or do something for Betty Fidelity or a duet with somebody like Natalie Cole did with her father. Um, yes. That, that wouldn't be my interest. Right, I got you, Lee. Have we have we said it all? Have have we left anything out here? Um, <clears throat> because you're a Nashville, you're a Nashville, right? I am a Nashville, yes. Yeah, I, I mentioned my family. Kim is the executive director of Miss Tennessee, Miss Georgia, and Miss Mississippi. And this year, we uh, our Miss Mississippi Asia is Miss USA. That happened at Graceland in Memphis uh, a couple months ago. Wow! I have two sons, both went to PGA. First one. He's now 25. He did his undergrad at WNL biochem major. He's now at Vanderbilt getting a PhD in cancer research. And uh, the younger one, 22, is a musical composition major at TCU in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and he's home doing online and writing music for video games. So other wow, than that's that, so cool. um, you know, we're just preparing for a great year with the release of my 21-song CD in April, start our touring schedule in uh, around that same period of time, and then the biggest event of my life will be October 12, 2021 in Huntsville, Alabama. Unbelievable. Let me ask you this. Are, you, are there any other country singing superstars that also play the saxophone? No. <clears throat> Not as far as I, I think. Am. I think you're the only one. Yeah, I am the only one. There, there's been a lot of guitar players, a lot of keyboard players. Uh, Ronnie Millstaff, of course, Ray Stevens. Uh, I think there's only one female steel player, which was Barbara Mandrell. Of course. Um, but I, you know, I play keyboard as well, keyboard and saxophone. 
Of course, and, yeah, yeah. And, I, and all the woodwinds, which I played cool. Um, but it's kind of fun. If you ever find uh, an old uh, TV version of the most expensive um, celebrity band that was ever put together, and it, it was just a one-time thing, and I played sax on it. Ricky Skaggs was on it. Ray Stevens, Barbara Mandrell, her, her, her sister played drums. Glenn Campbell, um, Roy Clark. I can't. It, it was an all-star band, and we just like jam. You know, it was kind of cool. But, uh, wow. Find it. Holy cow. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be on the lookout for that, and I'm gonna come up with the name for this new record. We've got 21 yeah. original songs in 21. We got. We, I gotta come up with a title for you, Lee. I'll give you a little hint. <clears throat> My name Greenwood has nine letters. If you run the words 21 together, it's nine letters. Right over the top of 21. It'd be kind of cool graphic. It'd be a great graphic. That's, that's a working title, but you don't. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait to hear this thing. Lee, thanks for taking the time. And I, I was so excited to talk with you, and, and, and this was so fun. Thanks for taking the time. You're welcome. And I, I didn't know about this interview until about 10 minutes ago when Jeremy texted me. said, hey, you remember the 4 o'clock? I said, what? <laughs> well, all, all morning this morning with radio stations and TV everywhere. We were on several ne- major networks, and I just didn't have it. So I'm glad that you waited a minute for me to call you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to fit in and, and make it work. Thanks, and thanks for covering the event for next year. Absolutely, absolutely. Stay well out there, stay healthy and safe, and I, I hope to see you at a show soon. Cool. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Lee Greenwood, baby. I like Lee. Nice guy. Super nice, right? Super nice. Lee, thanks for taking the time to come on to the show, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in and checking out. Really appreciate you all. That was fun. Lee Greenwood at the Vaughn Braun Center. October 12th, 2021. Check this out in person, live. Amazing lineup. Get tickets for this because this is going to sell out quick. It's on sale now. Check it out. The Zach Kuhn Show is mixed by Sam Heyman and our theme music is by Justin Johnson. If you want more content from us, you can subscribe to my newsletter at NashvilleBriefing.com where you can follow me on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.